Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Hey, good morning, Lighthouse community. Uh, I'm so glad to be with you today. I'm actually in Bluffton uh, today, uh, a part of Bluffton Community's first public launch Sunday morning. And we are so excited about what God is doing right here in the city of Bluffton. You know, it's bringing back all kinds of memories. You know, if uh, some of you remember four years ago, this weekend, Lighthouse Community launched for our very first Sunday morning public worship gathering. And so uh, this is a great time for our whole family of churches. Super excited about what God is doing um, and that we all get to be a part of that here today. You know, I don't know if you remember uh, when you were a kid and you would look forward to, to something. You know, maybe it was like a, a trip to Cedar Point or you were going to get to stay the night with, uh, with a friend. And so you're looking forward to that. Maybe you're looking forward to your birthday or, or maybe, you know, you get really excited about President's Day, which is tomorrow. Uh, you get that day off from school or whatever it was. But there was anticipation. There was excitement. You have all this joy leading up to that moment, to that day. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago in our family, our youngest, Karis, was looking forward to her sixth birthday. And so she actually had a countdown on the refrigerator. And so every day she would say, Dad, there's only eight more days until my birthday. There's only seven more days. There's two more sleeps until I turn six years old. And so she was so excited looking forward to that day. And and each day as it got closer, she'd get a little bit more excited. And, and that is a small look at, at hope, right? Looking ahead with desire. Looking ahead with expectation. Hope, right? I want everybody there, look at the person next to you and tell them, say, hope. Yeah, hope. You know, hope is this interesting thing, right? Because for most of the world, when when we talk about hope, when we think about hope, hope is related to the future. Hope is uh, a time that hasn't come yet, right? We hope that tomorrow will be better than today. Uh, We hope to hear back from the college of our choice. We hope that the test results that return are positive, right? Uh, We hope to have more time with our families and our loved ones. We hope that the groundhog, Puxatani Phil, keels over and dies sometime soon because we're tired of the weather that he's forecasting and predicting and the sub-zeros, we just can't take it anymore, right? (laughs) Hope, right? Sorry, I got a little carried away there. Um, But, you know, for, for the world, right? Hope, hope looks ahead. Hope looks ahead to something that's still to come. But where the Bible points us to hope, it's, it's not so much the future, but that, you know, the future's included, right? Uh, but it, instead, the Bible invites us to hope in a different direction. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is I'd like to look at Psalm 119 to see where it is that the Bible invites us to place our hope, you know, real hope. 
lasting hope. And so, you know, today we're kicking off this brand new series called Hope Unshakable. And and so what we're going to do for the next six weeks is we're actually going to look at six different psalms and how they point us to hope in our own lives. And so I hope you'll plan to join us for the next few weeks through this series. You know, while you're going to Psalm uh, 119, I just want to take a moment. I want to welcome you uh, at Lighthouse Community here at Bluffton Community as well. Uh, Just an exciting day for our whole church family. Uh, My name is Fritz Bilo. I serve as one of the leaders uh, here at Lighthouse Community. And uh, and if we haven't got a chance to meet, I hope one time soon uh, we'll get a chance to be together and and meet each other face to face. Uh, But it really is my privilege to work alongside of, of so many leaders at Lighthouse Community and then also here at Bluffton Community uh, too. So, you know, you're actually today, you're a part of a hope that's being realized. You know, uh, for the last few years, there have been people who have been praying for and hoping for and, and recently working towards the reality of a New Testament church planting right here in Bluffton. You know, the kind of church that would help people to hear from God, to to live in alignment with Him, you know, just kind of cutting away all of the extra stuff. And so, uh, you know, today is a day of hope that's both being realized and projecting out into the future. And so this this is pretty exciting. So uh, before we jump into the teaching, uh, I'd like to just take a moment and maybe we can pray together uh, just for a moment. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I bless you for the opportunity today to read the scriptures and to talk about them. And I would ask that your Holy Spirit would help us to see what Psalm 119 points us to. And that very quickly through your leading and through your inspiration that uh, we would go there with you and we would hope. We would place our hope in the place that Psalm 119 invites us to do that. We, we bless you, we worship you, and we long to hear your voice today. Amen. Well, as we jump into Psalm 119, I think it's really helpful to just give a little bit of context regarding the Psalms as a collection. Because uh, you might not know this, but actually each psalm was individually written. So that, you know, somebody didn't just sit down and write Psalm 1 to 150 in one setting, but rather uh, they were compiled together into one book uh, titled as the Psalms. And, and essentially what the Psalms served as was a hymn book for Jewish worship, right? And so it shaped, it guided uh, their prayers. Uh, It guided the songs that they sang. And so actually they would sing uh, the words of the Psalms to music in the times that they got together. So this really is, uh, you know, the Psalms is this place of, of, of hope for prayer and for worship and talking with God. Now, these individual psalms, uh, they were written all the way from 1000 B.C. up to as early as 400 B.C. And so they they express faith from all kinds of different perspectives uh, in time and in culture. But they all carry the same theme. And that theme is this, is that God is the center of everything. God is the center of everything. And so he's the creator that all creation gives glory to. He's the originator that everything finds its purpose from. And so the Psalms consistently 
point to God's character. They point to his love. They point to his mercy. They point to his justice. They point to his power. They point to his majesty. They point to his holiness, right? And so this is such an important piece to catch when you're reading and you're talking about the Psalms. And that's that the Psalms are overwhelmingly about God because God is at the center of everything, right? And so the Psalms are overwhelmingly about God, but at the same time, we do find ourselves in the Psalms too. And so as you read and you think deeply about the Psalms, you actually begin to see this thread that runs through all 150 of the Psalms, and that's this, that the only way that our lives find meaning, the only way our lives find purpose, the only way that that our lives really find substance is actually within a relationship with this create this God creator, the creator God of the Bible, right? And, and so the Psalms are so clear about this, right? Psalms make statements like this, life without God ends in death and destruction, or uh, people lie to themselves that God is not real, right? Those people are actually labeled as fools. And so those are, those are negative statements uh, about how, God, how we find our meaning within God. But uh, the Psalms also make positive statements too. Statements like this, uh, blessed is the one who delights in God. Uh, the righteous run to God for security and hope the same way that others run to fortresses for security and hope. And so what, what the Psalms really reveal is that we really only discover who we are in light of discovering who God is. Right? We only really discover who we are in the light of discovering who God is. And so the Psalms are inspiring, the Psalms are encouraging, uh, they're raw, they're honest. Uh, and the Psalms include all kinds of, of writings like poetry and, and question asking, um, history, laments, even prophecy that points to Jesus. And so the, the Psalms put into words thoughts and feelings and prayers that we have sensed in our own lives, but they articulate what we've been sensing really, really well. And so the, the Psalms are a profound book of Scripture. And, and I would encourage you this. If you haven't already, read the Psalms. Read the Psalms. Like engage in them and, and, and think deeply. Meditate on what the Psalms are saying about God and about us. And, and by the way, if you're kind of like, man, I'd love to learn more about the Psalms in general, uh, I would encourage you at Lighthouse Community, after the service is over, swing by our bookstore, and there's a book there called uh, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. And there's actually a chapter that's dedicated to helping you uh, know how to understand reading and studying the Psalms. So, so pick that up on your way out today. Uh, but that's, that's a very, very kind of brief overview uh, of the Psalms. Uh, so what I'd like to do is look specifically at Psalm 119 together today. And so if you've been exposed to, uh, you know, the scriptures or, or the church for any, time, any amount of time at all, you probably have come across uh, a passage out of Psalm 119. Probably one of the most well-known passages is verse 105, which says this, uh, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
You know, I think it was 30 years ago, uh, Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant came out with the song, right? Maybe you, maybe you know the song I'm talking about. You want to sing it with me, right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, man, uh, Michael W. and Amy, they made this psalm famous, right? Before then, nobody knew about uh, Psalm 1, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But uh, yeah, kicking back into old old days with uh, that word. But uh, so that's a passage that comes out of there. But then you know, Psalm one nineteen is such a unique uh, psalm, and and it, it is for for multiple reasons. Uh, first thing is it's the longest of all the psalms, right? One hundred and seventy six verses. Okay, it's just the longest chapter of scripture in here. Uh, and, and there's a reason it's so long, though. It's it's there's there's purpose in that because actually Psalm one nineteen is a poem. Okay? Specifically, it's an acrostic poem. Did you ever, did you ever get to do acrostic poems when, when you were in school? Uh, so, so I remember our teacher uh, asked us to make an acrostic poem using our names. And so, uh, so what we did is, you know, like I wrote my name vertically, F-R-I-T-Z, and then I started, you know, each line of the poem, so one F and then R. And so my poem that I wrote about Fritz in an acrostic was uh, Fast and Freaky, <laughs> Really Good at Eating Oreos. Um, uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, uh, Into Comic Books. Top of my class. And then the Z, I was a little bit of a stretch, but I wrote, uh, Zisters are really annoying, right? I've got two sisters, so uh, I know, a little, a little bit of a stretch, but hey, I was a kid, what do you expect? And so, uh, so Psalm 119 is an acrostic poem, okay? But, but here's what's so incredible about it, is the psalmist actually used the entire Hebrew alphabet as the acrostic in their poem. And so all 22 letters. And so there's 22 stanzas in Psalm 119. And each stanza has eight lines. And so that's how you get to, you know, 176 uh, verses. And, and so what happens is each stanza in Psalm 119, it starts with a Hebrew letter. And then that stanza begins with a word that begins with that Hebrew letter, right? So, so the first letter is Aleph. Uh, then the next one is bet, and then gemel, right? So, and then so on and so forth. And so for us, you know, be A, B, C, D, and that's what it looks like. Uh, what's even more remarkable than that is, is not only does every stanza start with that letter, right, like A, but actually every line under A starts with the letter A or Aleph. And, and so, I mean, think about that. Right? Every line under Aleph starts with Aleph. Every line under Bet starts with Bet. Every, every line under Gamel starts with Gamel. And so, man, you think about the creativity that went into creating Psalm 119, right? I mean, just, it's, it's remarkable. It's a very, very special uh, section of Scripture. Now, here's the last thing I would bring up about uh, Psalm 119. Uh, and I think it's really important for our discussion today. And, and it would be this. Um, that Psalm 119, it, it is the most unique acrostic poem uh, ever written in the scriptures. It's using every uh, letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and, but its purpose, okay? Its purpose, when, as you read through, it's very clear, right? It's right up front. The purpose is to celebrate the gift of scripture, right? And so, 
as, as, as the, the psalmist is writing, right, he's thinking about the scripture and he's, he's celebrating the scripture, right? And so the entire Psalm 119 is this celebration of the Bible. It's a celebration of God's word. I mean, th- this writer is so overwhelmed with the gift of scripture that he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to praise God for this gift. Now, now we won't read all of all 176 verses of Psalm 119, but I would encourage you, if you haven't done so lately uh, or ever, you should do it. Uh, it's a really great uh, passage or a great chapter of Scripture. But just to give you an idea, let me, let me read just a few passages for you um, out of Psalm 119. Uh, so verse 1, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord, right? Psalm uh, 119, verse 24. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Verse 73. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Verse 97 says this. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Psalm 127, therefore I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. And then Psalm 167 says this, my soul keeps your testimonies, I love them exceedingly. And so this is someone who treasures God's word, right? Someone who has come to realize the remarkable gift that the Bible is. Someone who has discovered the true meaning, the true purpose of scripture. And and he says things like this, right? That the Bible leads people to real and lasting joy. He says, scripture is a delight and, and it actually counsels me in my life. There's this deep desire to know and understand what God has said through the Bible. And he's made the intentional decision to meditate, to think deeply on what the scriptures say. And he sees the, that the value of scripture surpasses anything else that he could ever want or desire, right? Right? more than wealth, more than influence, more than power, more than legacy. He's saying, God, I love the Bible, the gift that Scripture is. And so this person's love for Scripture is clear. But maybe you're asking the question, why? Why, why, do, they love, why do they love Scripture so much? Why does this person so awestruck by the Bible well, the psalmist uses, right, shares multiple reasons why he loves the scripture so much. But I'd like to focus in on just one for today. And, and it really centers around what we're talking about in this series. And, and that's hope. And I want to read just a couple of passages uh, for you of, of how this theme of hope keeps coming up again and again in the passages. Uh, so verse 43, uh, the psalmist writes this. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. Verse 49, remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. Verse 74, those who fear you shall see me and rejoice because I have hoped in your word. Verse 81, my soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. Verse 114, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. 
Verse 147, I rise before the dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. And then uh, Psalm uh, 119, verse 166, I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and I do your commandments. And and so you see this, this theme of hope. Coming up again and again in Psalm 119. And and what the psalmist is saying, he's saying God's word provides hope. He says, you know, when people taunt me and people tell me that, that God doesn't love me or that God isn't real, your word gives me hope. Because it declares your truth. When, when affliction comes, right? When the diagnosis is negative. When my business crashes. When my kids don't want to talk to me. When I'm crushed by the weight of life. Your word reminds me that this challenge will not have the final word in my life. You give me hope. Your word invites me to look ahead to that which is still to come, to hope in your salvation. When the oppression of life is pressing in and I sense that I'm about to buckle, your word reminds me that you are my hiding place. You are my shield. You are my place of protection, giving me hope. When it's still dark out and I'm left alone with my thoughts spiraling out of control, your word guides my prayers and points me to hope. Your truth gives me hope. Your scripture gives me hope. Your word gives me hope. Right? And, and, and yes, hope for a different future, but, but it's more than that, you know? Yes, hope for a better situation, but it's more than that. Yes, hope for, for a blessed outcome, but it's, but it's more than that. Yes, hope for a moment that brings relief, but it's so much more than that. What, what he's saying is your, hope, your, your word invites me to put my hope in the creator of the universe who is the center of everything. Your word invites me to put my hope in God that's what he's saying your word invites me to put my hope in God and this is what he loves scripture so much do you do you see how this is so like what what the psalmist is saying is so different than simply hoping for a better situation. It's so different than hoping for a lighter load or, or a blessed situation or, or a blessed future, right? Because like situations change. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But God, right, what he's saying, he's saying God is unchanging. God doesn't change. God is the same yesterday. God is the same today. And God is the same forever. He's unchanging. He wasn't better, and now he's getting worse. He wasn't worse, and now he's getting better. He's saying, you listen, God doesn't change his character or his purpose or his plan or his love for you, right? That is absolutely unchanging. And so the psalmist says, I love the scriptures because it points me to him. Because when you have a God who is unchanging, you have a hope that's unchanging. Right? Do you see that? Do you see see that your hope is only as sure as the one you put your hope in? And God's the only one who can give us real, lasting hope. 
And so what the scriptures invite us to do is to put our hope, not not into a future only, not into a, a better situation only, but actually to put our hope in a person, and specifically the person of Jesus Christ. And so the psalmist celebrates the word. He celebrates the scripture, the Bible, because it's the Bible that leads us to God, the unchanging one. Who can change who can change hopeless lives? And so God is the center of everything. And we only truly discover ourselves when we discover who God is. And that we we only discover ourselves in relationship to him. Do, do you see? Do you see why the psalmist is 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 so excited over scripture? And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to take the rest of our time, you just have a little bit left, but to talk about a a few very practical ways that we can read and study the Bible in a way that points us to discovering the character of God, right? And let me start by saying this, is that the Bible is not like any other book in existence, okay? It's, it's unlike anything else that's ever been written or printed because this, this is a supernatural book that was written in a supernatural way and its purpose is to reveal God to us, okay? And so God desires to speak to us through Scripture and he does. And so the first thing, if you're, if you're going to read and study the scripture thoughtfully in a way that reveals God's character, in a way that, that discovers who God is, the first thing you want to do when you're reading scripture is to begin with prayer. Right? You, you want to begin with prayer. And so let God, that you, let God know that you want to hear from him. Right? You want to hear from him. And, and you're not looking for like neat little tidbits of information so you can impress your friends you know, at group or some other setting. Uh, you're not searching for like life hacks to a better life for morals uh, to, to, so you're not so grumpy throughout the day. Uh, but instead, like pray and tell God, like, I want to hear your voice and I'm not leaving until I do. Right? I'm not going anywhere until I hear from you. And so ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into the truth of who God is. That's actually one of his primary ministries that he does. He leads us into truth. So begin with prayer. The second thing is, is I would begin by reading a, a book of the Bible, okay, um, as opposed to like bouncing around to just various passages, however you feel like, you know, going to them. You know, probably one of the most unhelpful ways that you could read the scripture would be to like, you know, have it just close like this and then like thumb through and then you know, point to verse, like, I'm going to read that verse, right? Uh, then Judas went and hanged himself. Like, oh, well, that's, uh, that's not too helpful. Let's try it again. And you do another one and you point and you go, uh, now you go and do likewise. <laughs> right? Like, you, you, don't, you, don't want to, uh, you don't want to do something like that because that's not really helpful. Uh, instead, uh, choose a book of the Bible and read, uh, just work through it, right? Like work through that book. And, and that book might be different for each person. And so if you're like new to faith, if you're new to discovering who God is, um, you know, you've never really read or studied the Bible before, I would probably encourage you to start with one of the Gospels uh, in the New Testament. And so uh, there are four Gospels. Uh, they begin the New Testament. Uh, they're, they're labeled uh, by names, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I would, I would start with one of those. And the reason I would do that is because those books really center center and dial in on the life, the teachings, 
the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the ultimate revealer of God and his character. And, and so I would start there with one of the Gospels um, and just work through it. You know, read a chapter a day or, or just read however many passages uh, every day. But the key thing is to just actually read and just keep reading, right? Uh, you, so you've prayed, uh, you've chosen a book of the Bible to work through. Uh, the next thing, the third thing I would encourage you to do is to read actively. Okay, read actively. And here's what I mean by this. Uh, ask questions while you read. Right? So some of the most helpful questions when I'm reading that, that I'll ask, so I'll read a passage, and while I'm reading, I'm, asking, I'm just asking this question. Simply, what is the plain meaning of, of what I'm reading? Right? I'm not getting to all the little, you know, what could this mean, what does this represent? I'm just like, what does it mean plainly? All right? Just straightforward. And, and then another question I'll ask is, what does this passage teach me about who God is? Or what does it teach me about who Christ is? Or what does it teach me about who the Holy Spirit is? Right? I, I want to know, what is this passage teaching me about God and his character? Uh, another question I'll ask is this. Why, why does God want me to know this? Right? It's not just here for me to know. He, it's, there's a reason it's important for me to understand this about who he is. And then the last question I'll ask is this. Uh, what am I going to do with this? How, how, how am I going to trust God more? How am I going to lean into him right, with faith? Um, right? What am I going to do with this? And so these are questions that will help you get to the core purpose uh, of what Scripture is, which is discovering God. And, and the more you discover who God is, you actually discover who you really are. The other thing I do is I read with a pencil in my hand. And so while I'm reading, I'm writing notes in the margin, I'm underlining words, I'm circling things, I've got arrows connecting to, to different thoughts and different verses, all of those types of things. And so those are ways for me to uh, actively engage truth as God is revealing himself to me through the scriptures. So first I would pray, then I would choose a book of the Bible, read through, I would read actively. And then the fourth thing I think is probably really, really critical, uh, and we don't think about this, and I don't think enough people leverage it, but here's the fourth thing I would really encourage you to do in discovering who God is, is read the Bible, read and study the Bible with other growing disciples, right? Read and study the Bible with other growing disciples. Um, you know, when, when you read it with other growing disciples, what it does is it gives you an opportunity to talk about what you're discovering. And, and this is really helpful because you're going to find that uh, other disciples uh, may see truth that, that you haven't been able to see yet or, or, or discover yet, right, on your own. And so God will actually use other growing disciples to help you know him more and more. And so uh, the other thing reading with other growing disciples will do is it'll actually keep you from traveling very far with misunderstandings, Right? Uh, here's an example. Uh, I remember a young friend who was, this was years ago, but they were reading John chapter 1. And, and John chapter 1 talks about that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so what she had come to like understand is to say, oh, there's like, there's like four persons of the Trinity, right? There's like God the Father and God the Son and, and God the Holy Spirit. And then there's this fourth person, God the Word, right? So she had like had this idea of this, you know, there's this God the Word. And so when she kind of was sharing that idea with us, we we're like, oh, no, uh, what, that's not what it's saying. You know, if you look at John chapter 1 verse 14, it clearly says that uh, this Word that John is talking about became flesh and entered into our world. That's actually Jesus. And so it's not that 
that the Bible is God too. It's just this uh, term, word, that John uses uh, is actually a part of, uh, you know, referring to Jesus. And so, yep, it's just Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. And so, uh, you know, that was a way to help her kind of distance and put away misunderstandings uh, really, really quickly. And so that's something, because here's the reality, right? Not every thought that you have about scripture, not every thought that you have about God is actually going to be right, <laughs> right? Sometimes we do have misunderstandings about who God is. We have misunderstandings uh, about truth. And so actually other disciples can help us think really clearly about who God is. And so reading with other disciples is key. Um, that's one of the reasons why uh, at Lighthouse Community and Bluffton Community, we have small groups that are designed uh, specifically with the purpose in mind to read scripture together to talk about it, and to pray together. And so, um, you know, if you're in a group and you've been a part of it, you know what a blessing that is. If you haven't signed up for a group yet, I would really encourage you, uh, you know, check the back of your connection card. We will get you information on how you can join uh, one of our groups and, and kind of take steps of growth uh, with, within that. And so, um, yeah, I would encourage you, uh, take that step. You will not be disappointed as you read and study scripture uh, with other growing disciples. Now, as you, as you do read and you do study scripture, you're going to discover more and more about who God is. Um, and as you do, you're actually going to find that your heart is drawn to him increasingly and, right, and you'll find hope increasing within, right? Like hope is, is just welling up within you. Right? A, a real hope. A, a hope that's sure. A hope that lasts. A hope that never fails. Why? Because God is sure. Because God is real. Because God never fails. Right? Because that's where your hope is. It's in Him as opposed to like a thing. Because listen, here's the reality. Life comes. Like heartache hits. Unexpected loss will come and find you. Challenges just show up on your doorstep. And you're going to need more than good vibes to make it through, right? Like grit and determination only go so far and then they wither and fail. You know, money and influence, that, that is a false foundation that will not last. God is the only one who will remain. And God is the one who scripture points to. He's our real source of hope. You know, and, and that's the heartbeat of this church family, right? Like Bluffton community didn't launch so that there would be like a nicer, closer church for the city of Bluffton. Like Lighthouse community did not launch so there would be, you know, a nicer, closer church on the west side uh, of Finley, right? Um, like this church family exists today because we heard the call of God to make clear the gospel of Jesus Christ that the only real hope that we'll ever have comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ, a real genuine faith relationship with Jesus. And so, you know, lives are transformed. They are overwhelmingly changed when people say yes to Jesus Christ as forgiver and leader. People are actually saved from sin and eternal separation when they invite Jesus to become Lord and Savior over their lives. 
You know, there's amazing things that take place in the lives of people when, when they say yes to Jesus' leadership in their lives. Uh, they experience like real and genuine forgiveness that transforms their lives. Uh, they actually begin to hear God speak through scripture and prayer and, and community with other disciples. Uh, they, they actually uh, throw down like religion and enjoy God's presence. They start taking real steps of growth like baptism and, and, and praying uh, and, and like, you know, helping other people. They, they start discovering spiritual gifts and they, and they join God in his mission to, to rescue people from sin and death, right? That's why Lighthouse Community exists. That's, that's why we're launching Bluffton Community today, right? Like, this is why this is. I mean, because that's, that's our heartbeat. That's who we are, because that's who God is. That's the God who the Bible reveals. That's the God that we worship. God is the reason that Psalm 119 reveals such excitement and such passion about the Bible because he is our only real source of hope. I want to invite everybody at Lighthouse Community and and also joining us online. Uh, I want to ask you to bow your heads and, and close your eyes. You know, we end every message the same way simply by asking this question, uh, Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? And I just want you to take a moment to listen. You know, I want you to know this, that, that the God of the Bible is real. Um, that's the God that I have personally given my life to. And, and so many of you at Lighthouse Community, you, you have made that decision as well. Um, but some of you, some of you haven't made that decision yet. You haven't crossed that line yet. And, and you understand the concept of God. And you even believe God exists. And you, and, and you agree that there was a person named Jesus who, who walked on this earth and did what he did. But what you haven't done yet is you haven't made the intentional decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ and follow him as your forgiver and your leader. You have yet to say yes to Jesus' leadership in your life. And today, I just want to put that invitation in front of you, right? I'm not going to guilt you. I'm not going to cajole you. I'm not going to try to do anything like that. Like, if you're hearing from God, you're hearing from God right now. And, and you sense him drawing you to himself. And I just want to give you an opportunity to say yes to him and begin following him by faith. It's, it's the greatest decision anybody could ever make in their life. I want you to know this. It's normal to know God. It's normal to trust God. It's normal to hear from God. It's actually what you're made for. And so if you're ready to put your faith in him, I want to give you an opportunity right now to just tell him that in your own words. Tell Jesus that you're ready to put your trust in him and begin following him. Go ahead and do that right now. Father, I want to pray for uh, all the people right now who, who, have, who are saying yes to you in real time. 
uh, I, I would pray that they would know that they are not saved and forgiven because of anything that they do, but rather they have been saved and forgiven because of what Christ has already done on their behalf. And I, and I pray that as the Holy Spirit takes up residency in their life, they would increasingly uh, be drawn to, to Scripture, to know you, to, to want to be with other growing disciples and take steps of growth within that. And I pray that they would, uh, they would let us know that they made that decision so we can help them take next steps. In, in their new relationship with you. And then I want to pray for every believer at Lighthouse Community and our online campus at Bluffton Community that God, you would, put, you would put the desire within us and you would give us the love and the care for the people around us to help them take steps of growth, to know the God of the scriptures, to know the God that Psalm 119 is, is crazy about and to know he's re, that you're revealed through the, through the Bible. Lead us in that way, I pray. I thank you for this church family. I thank you for your Holy Spirit residing within us. We worship you because you are the only one who's taking care of us the way that you have. We bless you and ask these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 9.09 or 11.11. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.